Augmented reveals the stories behind the new era of industrial operations where technology will restore the agility of frontline workers. In episode 15 of the podcast, the topic is bottom-up and deep digitization of operations. Our guest is Dr. Damir Yardonovich, Managing Director, DMG Mori Digital. In this conversation, we talk about how DMG Mori was able to digitize their operations in a matter of weeks using Tulip software. Lean, no-code startups are transforming experiences for factory owners because its shop floor solutions are so easy to implement. We discuss whether no-code actually means process engineers can become independent from the IT department. Damir confirms that DMG Mori power users are able to do that, even though not every shop floor operator will create a Tulip application. We discuss upskilling in the German Mittelstand of small and medium-sized businesses and how Damir feels like a time traveler when he encounters paper-based processes on the shop floor. Augmented is a podcast for leaders, hosted by futurist Trun Anne Unheim. Presented by Tulip.co, the manufacturing app platform, and associated with MFG Works, the manufacturing upskilling community launched at the World Economic Forum. Each episode dives deep into a contemporary topic of concern across the industry and airs at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time every Wednesday. Augmented, the Industry 4.0 podcast. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Damir. Um, and, and your exposure to all of the, the world of software and manufacturing, you seem to have been there both from an academic side and, uh, and you know, in, in an industrial context at, at work. Mm. Right, right. So my background is um, I'm an engineer, economic, uh, I studied economical engineering um, and uh, then uh, wrote my doctorate in, let's say, very theoretically, but in uh, optimizing production processes, logistic processes, process standardization. And after that, I founded my own startup, which was in a complete other field of uh, e-learning. Uh, but there I started to work really as an entrepreneur with this, let's say, lean startup background, do things fast, fail fast but cheap, uh, see what, what works, not. And then uh, if you see that it fails, then go to the next direction. And started then to work at Team Jumori as Tulip project manager. So built together up with the Tulip team, United States, this partnership with Team Jumori on one hand, but also on the other hand, went to customers, uh, went through our production to see where could be optimization uh, optimization potentials, which we could realize with Tulip. And then again, Tulip for me is the let's say best example for this lean approach. Yeah, try out things fast, uh, build an MVP, see what works, what's not working, then uh, fail, try the next thing, and so on. Tell me how you got exposed to, to Tulip. I mean, we as Dean Jumori found Tulip while our CEO, Mr. Turnus, was visiting the MIT in Boston. And they met, I think, Nathan. This was in late 2018. And then uh, beginning of 2019, uh, we started to do first MVP at the spindle line assembly in Fronten to see, okay, is it is it really easy like this? And this was a pretty interesting, amazing, uh, pretty amazing uh, experience for us because we managed to digitize the whole process only in a couple of weeks. Uh, and yeah, before it looks like yeah, the most companies 
at the moment, when they try to digitize something, they go to the to the IT department. The IT department tells you, okay, come back in six, six months because we have a lot of other things to do. And this is also pretty amazing. This was pretty amazing for us. It's still an amazing experience, but also for our customers to see, okay, we get it back in our hands. Yeah, we can push the digitization on the shop floor on our, on our own. We know the processes. We don't have to wait for weeks or months to do the next step and then to see that it's maybe that it was the wrong step. Uh, so this is how, how everything started. I, I'm I'm curious about that, and it, it's great to hear that story. Uh, I've heard that story several times about Tulip, and you know, I, I was at MIT I, probably at the time when they were introduced, and uh, th- there are several stories about Tulip that goes that way, where companies are just uh, very surprised. W- why do you think? You hadn't found anything like that before, and and you know what, and, and I guess m- more importantly, now that you have this sort of approach on board, um, is it affecting uh, other parts of your process as well? I mean, have you involved involved other sort of uh, lean no code startups in in your process, or is because uh, m- m- many manufacturers I speak to, they historically have. Uh, you know, a very complex set of softwares themselves, and then they have a, a myriad of vendors. So the the infrastructure is fairly complex. Mm. So let's maybe start. Let's maybe start with the second part of the question. So of course, we also have a lot of different software in use. Different, let's say, we have at the moment right now two different ERP systems because one old ERP system we used for the last twenty years, developed ourselves, uh, or improved it ourselves together with uh, some consultants. And on the other hand, we are introducing at the moment the new SAP for HANA. So let's say this is also one, sp- one special thing. To have two ERP systems in place is pretty uh, yeah, painful, let's say, if you want to integrate other software. But of course, we have, uh, let's say, quality software for quality issues, uh, dashboards, and all the different stuff. And this is, let's say, this is also the huge benefit from of Tulip on the other hand, because if I want to solve the different problems I have on my shop floor or for us at our shop floors, because we have a couple of plants worldwide, then you need different solutions because the problems are different. Problem to problem, you need different solution. And this is what makes it, what makes pretty complex. On one hand, you have to find the right solution. Then you will find out that the solution is not perfect. So you need to uh, adjust it or to, to adapt it to your to your problem, this takes time. You need IT guys on one hand, and on the other hand, if you want to connect these different solutions from twenty different IT suppliers, then you will have uh, problems, or it will be really really hard. And this is also then a benefit from Tulip because you can go with Tulip to yeah, it doesn't matter where you have a problem with Tulip, you can create your own solution based on one platform. So you don't need to connect these different pieces, and it's one platform based on which you can build applications and you can connect them easily because of their nature, because they're yeah, built on top of one platform. So this is a huge benefit. Um, the second, so let's come back to the first part of the question. How does it, or does it impact um, other parts? I would say, um, so I'm not sure, but I think Tulip was our first no-code platform. We, we, we started to use... I mean, we know other local platforms like Mendix and so on. I'm pretty sure that we also maybe tested them, but they have been well known in the company. But I think Tulip was the first one with this focus on shop flow processes, on production processes. 
and 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 that's this in with the mix of let's say the the the, the founder team with Nathan and his charisma and so on. I think this was what what what, what catched us, and and uh, that's why where we tested it. Um, is it was it is it really uh, the case that you are able to because the promise of no code is really <laughs> no code meaning your engineers or your operators don't have to know a lot of previous coding knowledge in your experience when you started implementing were you still using the IT department or or is it really possible for engineers uh, you know on the shop floor who don't have a software background to tinker with these apps at this stage yeah, so it, it is really possible. It is also in our experience, really, uh, some uh, shop floor operators who are assembling the spindles, they are improving the, the spindle uh, app uh, yeah, week by week. And this is also for me, this is, let's say, this is the key to a successful implementation of Tulip because we had, let's say, really bad um, experiences with customers who told us, okay, I like Tulip. Uh, but please implement this application for me. So they had a really great idea for the application. But what we realized is, okay, what's the difference then between us creating this application in Tulip and coding this into Tulip? Yeah, because if you if you are not using Tulip yourself to adapt the applications, to change them and so on, there's no difference. Then you are not dependent from IT guys, then you're dependent from us. So this is a really important thing to, to have success to find really fast power users from the shop floor, uh, which understand the processes because they work every day there, uh, because they have the acceptance from their colleagues, which are also working in the, let's say, spin line assembly. Um, and these, these are really the guys who built the application and, and improve them. Um, I would say kind of to be more, to be, to, 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 let's say, go to focus more on this. Of course, not every shop floor operator will build application. And there are some guys or uh, uh, some colleagues which like it more, which we, we some of them have uh, more ideas and so on. And some of them, have, let's say, have a better, uh, have a, are more talented than others um, to build more or easier, so easier or more complex applications. But I'm pretty sure that every operator who is able to use a smartphone or to use a PowerPoint to create a presentation is able to create with Tulip uh, application for his problem. Hmm. How um, how prevalent is uh, this kind of approach in the German medium-sized, small and medium-sized businesses where I guess what, what's called the German Mittelstand? Because I, I know that at least politically, you know, uh, upskilling is a big priority. You hmm. uh, have some exposure to, to the German Mittelstand. Tell me a little bit about the challenges that that group of, of companies specifically are facing when it comes to digitalization? Mm -hmm. Well, my experience is, so if, let's say if we look in the, look in the, in the media uh, in the last couple of years, I mean, it's everywhere. Industry 4.0, uh, digital transformation, uh, AI, and, and all, all this stuff. But when I typically go to the shop floor, it's like, I would say I'm feeling like a time traveler because it's, it looks like we're still working with the same um, same media, Excel, paper, like 20 years ago. Uh, and the most critical thing for me is that we're starting to do the first steps as fast as possible with Tulip to have small, uh, let's say, small success stories. 
But uh, it happens really often that the vision is really great, which is what these companies have, and they want to do the, let's say, under steps yeah, as a first step yeah, at one time. And this is the thing where I have to, I have to tell them, okay, yeah, we're going to do this together, but let's start with the first small steps. Okay, So they realize that they, they missed this, let's say, process of digitization in the last 10 years, and then they try to catch up in, let's say, in a couple of days. And this will not work yeah, because either you will fail because something will not work out or will you will lose, uh, let's say, your employees on, the, on this way because they, uh, they, they cannot understand why this needs to be so fast. And uh, I think this is really critical and this is where Tulip helps to make digitization understandable for the operators, which maybe today do not have uh, to, a lot to do with, with digitization yeah, and to make it for them yeah I, I don't know the English word but to give to give power in their hands and yeah, mm -hmm. to, to, to empower them this I think this would be the, the right word mm. this is really critical because uh, yeah we have maybe a couple of IT colleagues working at the company but if we are producing if we're a manufacturer we have a lot of shop floor operators Right. Yeah. yeah, we better should use their knowledge to digitize us because otherwise we will have the same problem like introducing an ERP system. Hmm. Yeah, it just strikes me that this, this challenge of um, even though the systems are, some systems are becoming easier, it's very easy whether you are a small or a large company to already be embedded in a software system that kind of locks you into the old process. So, so what are your thoughts on um, how, how other companies can kind of get out of that dynamic. I mean, DMG Mori is, of course, not a not a small company in that sense. But if you think about those your suppliers again, you know, w what is the first step? Is it uh, the same way that you could implement a no code system? Is it possible <coughs> for any <coughs> pardon any supplier to uh, to take that path, or do you see use cases where? Uh, you first have to kind of, I, I don't know, get rid of your old systems or, or even just this old attitude that the IT department runs the process. Uh, I, I guess I'm just kind of curious as to, you're sort of explaining that it went pretty smoothly with DMG. Uh, would you say that was because you were just, uh, you know, you had buy-in from the top that we're going to try this? Or was it really just that the solution almost kind of solves itself because it builds on a very different approach? I think two things are critical. On one hand, as you said, you have to have one, let's say, supporter or believer from the from sea level, from from management somehow, who says, "Okay, I want to push this," and also the willingness to to invest at some point, because of course, because you see return of invest chances. And uh, on the other hand, you need these power users on the shop floor who are willing to push this real to to bring this to bring this to life. And as I said, I think I would completely agree that you have to, let's say, free free your mind uh, and yeah, free yourself from dependencies from the IT. Yeah, this could also happen a couple of times that, um, I mean, also the, the IT colleagues need to understand that they have also benefits from Tulip if it's, if it's used in a company. It's not a system which makes them not needed anymore. It's a system which helps them so that they can focus on real important things in the company, IT security and, and all the stuff, or maybe also the, the ERP system. 
So we did at the beginning a couple of mistakes where we, let's say, created the momentum in companies for between management and shop operators, but we forgot the IT guys, and then they, let's say, blocked us somehow. So this is what we are focusing. We need to um, uh, create momentum in uh, yeah in all the, all the different for for all the different stakeholder groups and show them the benefits from Tulip uh, for them. This is really important. And then some of the groups, like the management, is of course not so involved anymore when we're creating applications. The IT guys also we need them maybe when we create interfaces between Tulip and the ERP system. But our main focus group are the shop floor operators to push the bottom-up digitization. That's interesting what you said there, because it's not surprising, right? If you are the IT department, you're used to a certain way of, of uh, being in control uh, of an infrastructure that you kind of own. This is a very different paradigm. I, what are some of their reactions, uh, you know, even in the best case? Do they do they feel also empowered by this, or or is that more of a an adaption process? Because the paradigm, I guess, is different. You know, they they are not you know a, a controlling the process anymore. Hmm. It's uh, it depends. It's from from customer to customer. We have uh, let's say the the worst thing is where we have maybe IT guys which feel how do I say like like someone is attacking them because they hard coded everything hardwired everything and their job is pretty safe because no one knows how the systems are working <laughs> yeah, that's what I was referring to yeah yeah, be, yeah be, be, beside beside them I would say as a, if you if you as a company have some of these colleagues I mean it's also for you as a company pretty dangerous because at some point I mean no one is going to live forever so at least at some point some point also these colleagues will will exit the company and then uh, this will be then pretty bad for you as a company because if another guy, IT guy comes inside, he needs to understand what was hard-coded there. And so this is, let's say, the this would be, this is the, the let's say, bad experience, yeah? But mm. uh, I would say this maybe in 5%, 5% uh, of, the, of the cases. Mm. The other things are, okay, we, we have IT guys which see the potentials and see... Uh, yeah, see the huge potential of Tulip uh, and help the shop floor operators to connect to the systems and to push digitization as fast as possible because they understand that this is really critical for most companies of most uh, manufacturers today to digitize themselves because uh, it's uh, important to, to keep to keep up, to keep up. And uh, as I said, most of the companies in Germany, I would say, uh, forgot to digitize themselves in, in the last 20, 20 years, and this is getting more and more, uh, this is becoming more and more a problem. So everyone needs to uh, take, or let's say to to play as a team, and IT guys have their, their part. They are, I don't know how to say, they are like the goalkeepers, and uh, they need to know where to play the, the, the next pass. Uh, so someone, let's say, pass to, to open up a connection to a database, and then there's the defender. The defender is the shop floor operator. He creates the application using this database and so on. So everyone needs to work as a team. I think this is really important. Yeah. Are you a soccer fan, Damir? A bit, yeah, a bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I can. I can also for for the for the colleagues in the United States. I mean, I would say the IT guy is maybe the quarterback. Yeah, he plays the pass to the to the wide receiver, and then the wide receiver builds the application, uses the pass, yeah, to to score at the end. Uh, to score with the Tulip app, 
by collecting maybe data from the shop for to find out where the process is not working well and then uh, I don't know then the coach is optimizing the process yeah Damir, I wanted to touch on on a personal note just for a few seconds. You told me you're you're born in Bosnia, former Republic of Yugoslavia, and came to Germany as a refugee. You're a bit of an unlikely IT executive yourself. You, you have uh, come from a you know a lot of challenges. You're sort of a lean startup in and of yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. This this is this is the story of my life. Um, for me, I don't know. For me, it's completely normal. Yeah, I came to to Germany when I was around about seven years old. Uh, went directly to school. I think maybe two weeks after we arrived here, without speaking a word uh, word of German. And for me, as a kid, I mean, it was then okay because as a kid, you don't realize so many so many things. But I think it was like the same lean approach. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Try it out. Things will work out. Some of them not. Okay, if not. And go to the turn to the right and go again, again the next ball, and then again turn to the left. So it's kind of part of my life story. The reason I, I think it's fascinating, uh, and obviously, you know, congratulations on having succeeded with that. But the reason I brought it up was, you know, I think that the way that you explain things, uh, you know, reflects your personal story as well. I, I just wanted you to sort of think about. When, when you're selling kind of a lean startup approach inside of DMG Mori or to your suppliers, I mean, do you feel like you are drawing a lot on your personal experiences? You know, maybe not directly, maybe you don't tell them this story, but, you know, in a sense, right, upskilling isn't, it isn't just about learning skills. It is about this improvisational attitude. Uh, tell me a little bit more about how that translates into the workplace more, more generally. Mm. Yeah, I need. I think you need to be. Um, so I'm not sure if I understand the question right, but I think you need to be also this upskilling thing and uh, everything around it. I need. You need to be open for for changes as well. You know, also for changes by learning new skills by trying things out. And if you are a shop floor operator, I'm pretty sure you never. Um, you never have, have experiences with 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 coding. And and bam, you still you are something like a developer, like an app developer, by by using Tulip, and you need to be open for that. Um, I think this is also somehow one of part of of the of the journey. Um, but it's uh, I would say it's it, it's great to learn new things to give you new new perspectives. I mean, otherwise, um, I would say that I mean. 50 years ago, it was completely usual that people have been working for, let's say, 50 or 30 years for the same company and never left the company. And things are changing today. And I think you can highly motivate operators to give them new challenges because if you assembly as a young person for the next 30 years uh, the same spindles, then you will get bored probably. Yeah? And then maybe you will change the company. That's what we don't want to have. We want the people to stay at the team Jimori uh, that they grow together with us, and if we give them new opportunities to challenge themselves, I think this is uh, yeah, this could be a great way. Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about your business and how it's affected by digitalization. So you you sell uh, uh, machine tools. Right. Um, they previously weren't connected to too much at all, I guess, apart from their own uh, selves. Like there was a 
you know, some sort of uh, IT system embedded in them after a while, but now they're all connected. To, uh, how, when did this all happen? Mm-hmm. That these tools started to get, you know, sensors and, and started to go online and communicate with, with, with other systems in the organization? Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, so it, it started, I would, I would tell, say in, in 2013, it was, let's say, the initial idea. This was when, when, we, um, uh, when we launched our uh, CELOS system, which is, let's say, like the um, operation system on the machine with different applications, similar to, to an iPhone, where you have the different applications. I would say this was, this was the starting, really the starting point in the new age. Um, then, of course, with all the uh, sensors you have inside to, to show to the operator, okay, what's going on in, to, in, in the machine. And the thing about connections and connecting new uh, systems yeah, to embed it in the system landscape, I think this is a process we, which we started a couple of years of, uh, couple of, couple of years ago. But I think now is really the time where companies are realizing what the benefits are from connectivity, from connecting different systems, from collecting data and so on. I think we are right now at the, now it's the time. And this is what I see also uh, after the the, the COVID, all the stuff uh, around COVID, what happened is also what uh, speeds up this connectivity and digitization thing. And I think that kind of, I would say a couple of years ago, the idea was, okay, we need to digitize these machines and now companies understand it's enough. I mean, I can improve the process on my machine and then maybe I machine the part five minutes faster than before. But again, if I lose then in the assembly six minutes because I'm still using paper, okay. So it did not save any time at all. So that's where, where, where kind of where companies are realizing they need to digitize all the processes or let's say improve the processes by digitizing them. And this is also important thing for me, which I tell the customers, we're not digitizing because of digitization, we're digitizing to improve processes for a continuous process improvement. And this is what brings us the return of invest. And this is our main goal. We're not investing in digitization because it's cooler to have a tablet, PCs out there instead of paper. It's because they help us to do the processes better, faster, with less scrap parts and so on. Hmm. Um, last question for you, uh, Demir, is if, if you look to the future, so you just brought me back to 2013, that's not that far back actually, right? We're talking eight years. Uh, fast forward eight years into the future, <clears throat> how fast is this moving? And uh, how different will the factories look uh, if you forecast you know, eight years into the future? Mm. Hopefully, it will hopefully look uh, different than <coughs> than they look today. Yeah? And so hopefully, hopefully, we don't lose again seven or eight years. Uh, I think it will. Um, I think it will change from technology side. What what we use, hopefully, uh, we'll use less paper. Um, we will. I think the most important thing is that we will use other tools to support our operators. Uh, to do the work they need to do, yeah, to make lives easier for them. Because if I look today, yeah, of course, we're using different systems. We have the ERP system, the quality management system, then the machine monitoring. They need to use today six, seven, eight different tools because they're not connected, because they're from eight different uh, IT suppliers and there is no connection between them. 
And my idea would be the same like, like we have it today on our, on our iPhone. We have one system and we have the different applications on there. And if I want to see the latest soccer scores, I open my soccer app and see, let's say, my life ticker, what's going on there. If I want to track uh, how many kilometers I, I ran, ran yesterday, then I open up my, I don't know, my, my tracking application. Okay, So I have, let's say, one user interface, which I'm used to to use, which I know pretty well, and I have all the information at one place from different systems, which I, which I need. And say this would, be, this would be the vision, yeah? And the vision is, I think, important. We will, uh, digitization is not, um, yeah, not needing less operators on the shop floor. It is, the idea is we need to improve their productivity by I'm giving them the right information and the right tools so they can do the work hmm. uh, in, the, in the right way. And what's your advice, Damir, to operators on the shop floor in terms of learning industry 4.0 approaches? How, how, is, how should they go about it? Is it just tinkering, like getting exposed to no-code applications and start tinkering? Uh, or, or is there some more structured approach that you recommend? Mm. I mean, no code is a, is a good approach because it's um, or let's com let's compare it to digitization. Let's say in, by introducing a new ERP system, everyone is then talking about the new ERP system. But the shop floor operator, they don't see anything. Yeah? They have to wait for five, six years, and then boom, there's a new system. Please, please use it. And this is the huge benefit of no code: this hands-on uh, approach. Yeah, that operators can create it on their own. That they can. Um, yeah, they can create create a digitization on their own. I would say even it's somehow it's like a democratization of digitization. What we're doing with no code, and this is this is for me beautiful because it's not for operators that are only talking about digitization and have to accept the tools that we as IT team are introducing. It's more by giving them the opportunity to create this kind of to to co-create the digitization with all the other team members and colleagues uh, around them. This is why I like the, the, the no-code approach. And also for me, I mean, I have an IT background. I have, not, I have not IT background. I have an engineering background. So I would love to know how to code, but I, but I, I, I do not know how to do this. But Tulip gives me the opportunity to bring also my ideas to life. And this is kind of, uh, yeah, it's really also nice, nice for me. Fascinating. Well, Damir, I thank you so much for your observations. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Trond. You have just listened to episode 15 of the Augmented Podcast with host Trond Arne Unheim. The topic was bottom-up and deep digitization of operations. Our guest was Dr. Damir Ryardanovich, Managing Director, DMG Mori Digital. In this conversation, we talked about how DMG Mori was able to digitize their operations in a matter of weeks using Tulip software. Lean, no-code startups are transforming experiences for factory owners because its shop floor solutions are so easy to implement. We discuss whether no-code actually means process engineers can become independent from the IT department. Damir confirms that DMG Mori power users are able to do that even though not every shop floor operator will create a Tulip application. 
We discuss upskilling in the German Mittelstand of small and medium-sized businesses and how Demir feels like a time traveler when he encounters paper-based processes on the shop floor. My takeaway is that it's striking to hear about how Demir at times feels like a time traveler when encountering paper-based operations at the shop floor. At other times, he can experience bottom-up, deep digitization in a matter of weeks. How can those two coexist? Clearly, shop floor change is uneven at the moment, depending on whether you heard the right digital gospel and what the attitude of the IT department is to introducing changes that democratize IT. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, subscribe at augmentedpodcast.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. If you liked this episode, you might also like episode two, how to train augmented workers for episode 10, a brief history of manufacturing software. Augmented, the industry 4.0 podcast.